Today we are going to talk about Steven Crowder, The Daily Wire, and the need for truly independent journalism. Uh, this is the Lunduke Journal of Conservative Nerdiness podcast for January 20th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I am Brian Lunduke. Hi, how you doing? This has been a fun week. This has been a truly fun week for people who like drama. Who like unnecessary levels of drama. <laughs> if you've been following the Crowder Daily Wire drama over the last day or so, you have been amused because... It it is it is somewhat amusing to to say the least. Here is the summary because I, I've got some things I want to talk about based upon it. In case you haven't been, in essence, sometime back at the end of last calendar year, Stephen Crowder, the host of Louder with Crowder, a very very funny conservative political commentator had been in discussions with the Daily Wire, you know, Ben Shapiro and, and Candace Owens and all of them, and Matt Walsh, about coming on board and becoming part of their company, basically being hired by them. And apparently the deal was, was a pretty big, big deal. Well, those conversations broke down rather, rather abruptly, and they just kind of went their separate ways. Or so it seemed, because very quickly, Steven Crowder decided that he kind of wanted to make an example out of the Daily Wire. And what he wanted to make an example out of them for was the need for truly independent journalism. And the way he was going to do that is he was going to take the contract or the potential offer contract from the Daily Wire to him and show the world how it was bending over backwards, so to speak, to big tech. Because in that contract, the Daily Wire, while it would be giving Steven Crowder over a, uh, I believe it was five-year period, I think it was $50 million, so a good, a good paycheck to be sure, would have stipulations in it that would penalize Steven Crowder should he get effectively deplatformed from some of the major distribution platforms in a way that impacted the ability for the Daily Wire to monetize his show, right? So if, for example, YouTube kicked off Steven Crowder entirely, like he'd already been demonetized, but if they kicked him off entirely, and so therefore that reduced their total overall potential market by however many hundreds of thousands of people people that would be that his Steven Crowder's income would go down by 15, 20%, etc. Now, the idea here, of course, being that the Daily Wire wants to run a business and they need to be able to monetize whatever shows they produce. And Steven Crowder produces the said shows. Now, Steven Crowder's point that he was making, or at least attempting to make, was showing people that we should not be beholden to those big tech companies, even even indirectly, even roundabout ways. And that his, his, his positing was that the Daily Wire was then, of course, essentially being a big con, right? They were, they were pretending to go against the big tech of the, of the world, but really they were bending over to the big tech and being reliant on the big tech, like YouTube and Twitter and, and Spotify and all that sort of thing. And the way, <clears throat> the way in which all this happened was very public and very spectacular. Steven Crowder 
recorded private phone calls that he made with the CEO of the Daily Wire, uh, uh, Jeremy Boring, and uh, published some of those publicly, attacked them without warning. Um, the Daily Wire folks all responded rather in bulk, attacking Stephen Crowder um, for being unprofessional, unkind, and backstabbing friends. And, and it just became a, a back and forth tit for tat and a lot of angry infighting. Let's put all that aside for a moment, because regardless of the the approach that Steven Crowder took to making his point, and regardless of what people may or may not think of the contract offered to Steven Crowder, let's put that all aside for a moment. The general topic is getting talked about. And the topic is, is how reliant should we be on big tech? For our journalism, for our punditry, for our talking heads, for our general entertainment and news. And the answer is obvious to all of us that we should be not at all dependent on them. We should not be dependent on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or any of them. We should be able to speak our minds without fear of significant censorship, fear of deplatforming, fear of demonetization. And I like that it's getting talked about. I really like that it's getting talked about. And I, I do have to wonder if that wasn't the whole goal all along from Steven Crowder was, was do this in such a big explosive way that it causes all of us to talk about this topic. Because Steven Crowder is a showman, right? He's, he's a showman first and foremost. He gets in front of people and he talks and he's passionate. He feels things burning in his belly and he, and he, and he just shoots it out of his mouth, right? And he's smart about it. He is. Whatever you think of him, that's, the, that's for sure. So one has to wonder if that wasn't the, the point all along. If he was willing to take one on the chin in exchange for getting the what is potentially one of the most important topics of our time discussed even more intensely. And it seems to have worked. We've seen the topic not only come up from the Daily Wire and from Steven Crowder, but other sources are jumping into the mix and talking about it more intensely. And not just folks like like the folks behind Rumble and Locals, right? Like, I, I mean, all of the Rumble and Local folks, they, they've been talking about this for a long time. But we're seeing other individual creators talking about it, and it's a good thing. Because the reality is that if big tech controls any layer of the distribution or monetization or discovery of your content, of conservative content, there is a concern there, a significant and deep concern, because not only do we think they might deplatform shadow ban, downrank, uh, demonetize, etc. You, we know that they will, and we know that they do it regularly, intensely, and on and purposefully. We know that. You know that Facebook does that. We've seen the Twitter files. We know that Twitter does that. Come on, we've all known for so long that YouTube does that. Yet just the same, the majority of the views for most of these pieces of content come from those big tech sources. Majority. The majority. There, there's, 
<clears throat> there's very few publications out there where the majority of the views do not come from YouTube and other similar big tech sources, mostly YouTube. I mean, that's just the truth. And when you look at most of the big tech shows, <coughs> excuse me, most of the conservative shows that are hosted on the big tech platforms like YouTube, those conservative shows, you can usually look at their total view numbers and say, okay, they got 500,000 views over here on YouTube. They're getting a fraction of that on their own platforms. In fact, it is just very recently that some of the alternative platforms have started to get reasonable numbers of views. Like Rumble has started to get some shows that will bring in some fairly decent numbers. Until very recently, and we're talking the last six months, those numbers were extremely small. Like not even one-tenth, not even necessarily more than one or two percent of what people could get on YouTube. And that's not to dog rumble because they were doing a great job, but fighting against YouTube has been very hard. Another example is looking at Library and Odyssey. I was literally the number one channel on Library and Odyssey for quite some time and remained in the top, you know, five for the first couple of years of the platform's life. And despite being extraordinarily early into the usage of the platform and one of the largest on the platform, my total views in library and Odyssey were less, typically less than that than I'd get on YouTube, less than that that I'd get on, on my podcast feeds, less than that that I'd get pretty much anywhere. Now, it may have been a free speech platform, and I liked a lot of the things going on about it, but shoot, up until the day I left Library and Odyssey as a platform, which I, I, I did based on moral reasons, <clears throat> it, it, never, it never held a candle to the numbers I could get elsewhere. And I've been working as a, as a creator, me personally, to, to move my audience away from YouTube for years years and it has been painful and it cost me a huge amount of audience and money there's no doubt about it no doubt about it at all but I did so knowingly I did so I went into that eyes open knowing that <coughs> excuse me I'm so worked up I'm getting verklempt I went into it knowing that I needed to do this for me personally because I didn't feel good about using YouTube as a primary distribution platform anymore. And so even so because I spent so much of my time pushing my audiences to other platforms like locals, like 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 Substack. And before that like Library and Odyssey, that I've gotten to a point now where YouTube is the tiniest of all publication sources for me. Like, I'll, I'll put this on my YouTube channel, right? Uh, just as a great example, I'll put this on my YouTube channel and it will get pff, hundreds of views. Who knows? I, I don't even know. Like, it, it, checking it, 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 it's gotten to the point where my audience knows, even if they subscribe to me on YouTube, that they're probably going to go to Substack or Locals or the podcast feed or one of the podcast aggregators first. And then YouTube is kind of the backup secondary. They, they just know that. We've gotten into a rhythm because of it. But I'm one of the rarities, right? Most, most of these companies, most of these creators did not, did, not, did not bite the bullet on this one. 
at least not yet. They've still focused on using YouTube as a distribution platform, and that includes the Daily Wire. And this is a fair critique of the Daily Wire, I think, but it's also a business reality. They continue to use YouTube because it provides a discovery mechanism and a huge built-in audience, the largest of their built-in audiences, right? And removing that would have a gigantic hit to their bottom line. They would not be able to charge their advertisers anywhere near as much because of the, 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 the however many percentage, 10, 20, 30 percent of their overall audience that they would lose simply by losing one individual publishing platform that being YouTube. Now, Steven Crowder, Steven Crowder is making the point that we need to not be beholden to all these. We need to be publishing ourselves or, or publishing on platforms that are truly supporting independent creators and truly supporting people's freedom of speech. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. So put aside, let's put aside for a moment the way that Steven Crowder made this point. And let's put aside all the back and forth and bickering and squabbling between the Daily Wire and Steven Crowder, because honestly, all of them produce quality content and all of them do good work. So I I applaud all of them for all of that. Let's focus instead on the core thing that that really impacts us here. And that is finding ways to Get people off of the big tech platforms that are muzzling, censoring, restricting, demonetizing, shadow banning, and generally deplatforming so many of us. Now, it's interesting. Uh, YouTube kind of, I don't know what the right term is. I don't know if it's shadow banned. I don't know if it's just dethrottled me. <laughs> the algorithm of YouTube does not like me. And it has not liked me for a long time. And, and, you can trace it back. If you look at my stats on YouTube, because I, at one point for around three years, I published my show only on YouTube because it was easy, right? It was just so easy. That's what I did. This was many years back. And there was a point at which, you know, my shows were getting some serious traction. Then I started saying an awful lot of bad things about Google and YouTube and Facebook, and all the other big tech companies. And as I did that, people stopped getting alerted to my shows. People stopped getting the notifications that I had new episodes that came out. People stopped getting alerted to it. My shows stopped showing up in recommendations and the little sidebar algorithms quite so regularly. And in fact, it got to a point where where eventually I started doing some tests. And... Google, YouTube, would auto-demonetize any video I made with Linux in the title of the video. It's not a joke. It was like that for a good six months or so, where if I made a video and I put Linux in the title, it instantly got flagged for demonetization, and I had to submit it for review. Every single time. And after they reviewed it, usually they'd turn back on monetization. But by that point, the bulk of the views had already happened and I would have lost a whole bunch of money. I lost my shirt on that video. And this happened for about six months. So it got to the point where I stopped including the word Linux in titles of my videos because, well, Google didn't want me to earn money talking about Linux, (laughs) which was really weird. Now, I think 
I think that wasn't necessarily just a war on Linux. I think it was someone adding into a database somewhere, noticing that I really dogged on YouTube and Google and whatnot in some of my videos that happened to have Linux in the title. And their little algorithm, their little database entry for me learned that, okay, well, let's just demonetize and de-throttle or whatever those videos. So they did. And that was, you know, one, one, uh, one hay that, uh, that, uh, added to the camel's back that eventually got me off of YouTube. But this sort of thing needs to happen more and more, more people need to push away from YouTube. Nowadays, almost all of my content is either via the RSS podcast feeds and the podcast aggregators, uh, some, some on Apple iTunes, some on a couple others, Substack. Probably is the single largest. the the most Most people seem to get the the stuff downloaded directly from Substack and locals. There's not really a singular standout for me at this point, but Substack's probably the largest. And what I like about that is they've never censored me. There's no algorithm involved because there's no recommendation system, really. Like, I can recommend other Substack publishers, but that's something I choose to do. Substack does not do that for me or for them. I just choose to recommend people to other publications that I think they might like. And they do the same for me sometimes. And that's fine. And the same is true with locals. There's no algorithm. There's no, there's no general discovery algorithm that, that you have to cater to or, or custom engineer your keywords and your titles and your, your video lengths and whatnot in the hopes that the algorithm picks you up so that you can get a, a decent number of views. I don't have to worry about what I talk about on those platforms, especially I, Substack has never, has never censored me, not in any way, shape or form, but I feel especially safe in talking about whatever I want to talk about on Locals, <clears throat> which is owned by Rumble, right? Because they've really made it a core part of their mission of free speech. You, if you're, if you are speaking your mind, if you have an idea, if you are reporting on a news topic, whatever, you speak your mind. And as long as you're not like out and out just breaking the law in an intense way, it's, it's fine. Go for it. And I like that. Because it means I can say things like what we're talking about here today. And it, I don't have to fear about any sort of negative repercussions in the way that my content is being hosted and delivered to all of you. Whereas even though I will, I will stick, I, I'll go ahead and just, just do as an experiment. I will stick this episode up on YouTube. I'll stick it in a video, even though it's a podcast. I'll just slap a little picture on it or something. I'll stick it up on YouTube and we will see. Guarantee you, I, I, I would highly doubt that it'll get picked up by any sort of algorithm, regardless of, of how I game the system. Because it's, it's hitting on the topics that, you know, we shouldn't be talked about. Any, anyway, anyway, we need to get people away from these big tech platforms. Because as long as some aspect of them of the things that we produce, the shows, the articles, videos, podcasts, what have you, is reliant on them, we are not safe in terms of being able to continue to produce the shows we produce. We can't rely on people to discover them, to people to receive them, to get them, and to process those payments. Whereas 
we know if we move to specific platforms, and there's only a couple where we have more control over that, that are focused on supporting people and creators like us who want to speak the truth, who want to say real things. If we move to those platforms, we can have an added layer of safety. Now, obviously, the more self-hosted you are, the safer it can get. However, I've found self-hosting to be a major problem with what I do. Like, I could use a wide variety of packages from WordPress or Drupal or a huge number of other packages. Heck, a static websites using Hugo or Jackal or, or so many different things um, to host articles. And, and those would be great. But if I want to have a a quality community that is, that has a, a, a gate behind it, right? A gate in front of it that says you have to be part of this community to enter. You have to be a subscriber, which is an important thing, I think, for the community here because that keeps out the trolls and it just keeps the quality up. And if I want to be able to have some articles be free, but some articles be paid, and I want to, I want to have some shows be free and some shows be paid and some videos be free, but some videos be paid, but maybe have like a little preview clip of them. And I want to have all these features put together and email delivery to people and RSS feeds. And I want to have all this stuff, handheld applications with notifications. If I want all these things, there is no existing open source software that I can utilize that lets me accomplish all these things in addition to having all the payment processing work in any reliable way. It doesn't exist. I want it to exist, but it doesn't exist. Now, a lot of you are going to to take the challenge when I say that, and they'll be like, oh, Lunduk, I've got some examples for you, and you're going to come and post me some examples. When you do so, go over that big list I just gave you. If it doesn't provide every single one of those, at least as well, or really close to it as what both Substack and Locals provides, it's no-go. It's a no-go. It, it, in order to... What I have right now is amazing. It's truly amazing. The fact that both Substack and Locals provides me with, with rich article publishing and reading, um, good user interaction stuff, videos. I can embed PDFs in, into my articles for people to download for all of the books and everything. The fact that I can do all of everything I want to do to be a, a one-man media publishing empire. And I don't have to. I don't have to administer it. I don't have to be the sysadmin. I don't have to fix any bugs. I don't have to scramble when servers go offline. There's someone that does that for me. So when I look at this, I I, I look at the the conflict that's happening with Crowder and the Daily Wire, and I think this is a good thing. If this helps to encourage Crowder and maybe a few others to jump onto platforms like Rumble, like Locals, like Substack. And to a lesser extent, even like Library and Odyssey. I think that's an overall good thing. Because the more big names like Crowder and like others move to these platforms, the more the readers, the listeners, the viewers, the fans move as well. And that was one of the things that, that happened early on with Library and Odyssey. When I made the move over, I sat down with, with the guy who was the head over at Library 
And, you know, we're talking, we're like, look, you know, if I move over full time to library and I can convince one or two other tech YouTubers to do that too, well, even if only a fraction of our YouTube subscribers make that jump, you're talking 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 new users that are using your platform regularly because those users aren't going to necessarily come over to a brand new platform just for one person or just for one creator. But for a handful, if they come over for Steven Crowder and they're like, oh, Steven Crowder's here, along with Dan Bongino and all, all these other creators. Oh, well, yeah, I can hang here. There's a whole bunch of things. Uh, yes, I can install that app. That gives me four different shows I love. The same is true with locals. Like if there's a couple of locals communities that people like, they can, they can grab, uh, they can they'll grab the app and get themselves a subscription and get, and get rocking. Same with Substack. Once people get get comfortable with a platform, they're more likely to use to to subscribe to other people on that platform, and people are more likely to subscribe to a a platform in general for the first time if they see that multiple possible creators that they like that they're fans of are already there. I mean, it's a bit of a chicken and an egg scenario for these sorts of systems, but it it's one that we've kind of pushed on the flywheel of for long enough that that flywheel is now spinning. Locals and Rumble and Substack are, are, are beyond viable for a huge number of people nowadays. We're seeing success story after success story. Look at Substack. We've seen significant numbers of, of writers and publishers join Substack and immediately earn a better living than they were making writing for major publications. And hitting a larger audience. And, and their audience is happier because there's less advertising. They know that the people aren't beholden to big tech or big corporate media anymore. And they, they, are, they are happy. They are thrilled to be able to support people who are being really independent. Because you can't be independent when the big tech companies, specifically the ones who have made it a mission to silence you, have any control over any aspect of your distribution. And that is, I think, the core takeaway here is the Daily Wire needs to reduce their dependency on those big tech companies for distribution of their content. If they feel like YouTube yanked the ability to have any Daily Wire content on YouTube at all, if they yanked that away tomorrow, if the Daily Wire could not survive that, the Daily Wire needs to fix that. They need a, a concerted effort, a campaign to move all Daily Wire subscribers over to Daily Wire's own hosting, over to Rumble, over to Locals, over to Substack, over to whatever, over to Library, over to Odyssey. Something, something, at least where the company is doing the hosting has made a point of saying we support your freedom and has put their money where their mouth is. Now, I like the rumble and local side of things because the people that are pushing that platform, the people who are investing in that platform and helping to run that platform and in some cases help create that platform are hosting themselves there too because they created it for the very reason we are looking to them to, to get away from that big tech tyranny. And so, Steven Crowder, thank you, man. Thank you for letting us talk about this. Uh, hopefully, this doesn't this whole thing doesn't damage your reputation too badly. <laughs> oh man! But just the same, it's a good, important conversation to be having. 
And my hope is, I hope to see Steven Crowder land on one of whatever publishing platforms that are more supportive of freedoms. One of the smaller ones. The Rumbles, the Locals, the Substacks. I mean, why? why Steven totally could, could end up at a Rumble. Why not? There's no reason why not. Or Locals. Totally could do it. In fact, it would make a certain amount of sense on Locals. Has has video streaming, has all the, the chat features. I mean, has it has basically built in everything he needs. If I were him, I'd head over to there. Or he needs to self-host, but if he's going to self-host, <clears throat> he's got a lot of work ahead of him. He's got a lot of work ahead of him. He's going he's gonna to have to bring on a, a good dev team, a good designer team, good sysadmin team 24-7, and do some serious investment into, into hosting. And that's, that's <clears throat> no easy feat. Because you're not going to want to do it through Amazon Web Services or Azure or Google Compute Cloud. You're going to want to put it somewhere that's going to be less likely to be uh, censored, which means uh, hosting at a dedicated ISP, setting up your <clears throat> your own in-house hosting and own in-house connection, or hosting through Rumble, which has basically become, in a way, a big hosting service nowadays. And if you're doing that, maybe it just makes sense to use Rumble anyway. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, this is an important topic. Uh, hopefully, hopefully all of you, you know what? All of you who are listening on YouTube, get off of YouTube. You know what? At least for my content. If you're still listening to my stuff on YouTube, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> if you want to catch the conservative stuff, go to conservativenerds.substack.com or conservativenerds.locals.com and sign up over there. If you want my pure tech with no politics, go to lunduke.substack.com or lunduke.locals.com. All of them are great. They're all fantastic. That's where I hang out. I hang out over on Locals, the two Locals. That's where I hang out all day. That's my social media, my web forum, my chat board, all of it. And uh, come hang out with us. We're going to be doing some live stream stuff coming up here over the coming weeks. Uh, We've got a couple of events happening. We've got some exclusive articles, exclusive podcasts. So if you want to not miss out on things, get yourself a paid subscription at some of those sites. (laughs) Uh, Personally, my recommendation, do it on Locals. Because doing it on Locals gives you the full chat part of the community. It really is an amazing community. So either conservative nerds or Lunduke dot dot locals dot com. <clears throat> That's the way to go because you get all the goodies that you get on Substack. Plus, you get the the community aspect. Substack is great. I love it. I, I truly, truly do. In fact, in some ways, the article rendering on Substack is a little bit nicer. Though that is improving. It's gotten to the point now where if you put the Locals article next to the Substack article, it's very rare you'll see much of a difference. So that's pretty great. Um, uh, it, but the one nicety over at Substack is you get everything delivered to your inbox right away. Handy. I like that a lot. But if you do it at Locals, you get the community along with it. You get to be part of the live chats that we do. And Locals offers the ability to do live video streams as well, which we're going to be looking to do more of uh, in the future here. So thank you to all of you who have supported this brand new publication of the Lunduk Journal of Conservative Nerdiness. Uh, we're only a couple of days old. This is our, our fifth day in existence, but we're already off to a rockin' start. And uh, if if the early subscription numbers are any count or any indication, we're going to be big. We're going to be really big. So, <coughs> goodness gracious. 
Oh, allergies, man. That's, oh, oh, oh. I am full on in nerd mode right now. I've got my inhaler next to me. I got my reading glasses on. <laughs> I, I, if I had a pocket protector, I would be set. Like I would, I would be ready to rock and roll as a member of the cast of Revenge of the Nerds, preferably Revenge of the Nerds 2 Nerds in Paradise. <coughs> oh my goodness. I feel like I have a bug in my throat. So anyway, I'm going to go now. I'm going to I'm going to gargle something. <laughs> and then I'm going to take my inhaler again. But thank you everyone for hanging out with me. And thank you for making all of this possible. Go grab yourself a subscription if you haven't already. Um it be there on the ground floor next week is going to be awesome. There's going to be at least one exclusive podcast and at least one exclusive article. It's new stuff every day on both publications. You want to be on both. And uh, that's all. That's all for now. I will see all of you later on.